I know it's not cool to make fun of little kids, but I'm going to make fun of little kids in this episode, so bear with me. The great irony of life is this. We all want a life we love and more time with the ones we love, but our job, the very thing that's supposed to be the financial vehicle to provide that freedom, is the very thing that chains us down. Do you think you have what it takes to rise above yourself? Are you ready to start transforming your dreams into reality? If so, I'm Cody Teal. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, a tribe of dreamers and doers, rebels and fighters that are here to prove to the world you can have your cake and eat it too. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast. It's like my favorite day, Monday. I think seriously, Monday is one of my favorite days to get up because we just there's just so much potential in the day. But I did say I was going to make fun of some little kids, so let's get started on that. Now, I remember, well, if you don't know already, I grew up in Idaho and just farm kid around potatoes and, and you name it. And every 4th of July, we had a tradition that we would go and launch fireworks at my grandma's house. My grandma lived up on this farm and outside of Ashton, just beautiful, beautiful country. And they had this little hill behind their house and that's where we would launch fireworks. Now, in Idaho... Aerial fireworks or the purchase of aerial fireworks is illegal. I was going to say aerial fireworks are illegal. I don't think they are, but you can't purchase them. And but every year, my cousins would come up from South Carolina, not every year, but most years, and they'd bring some sweet aerial fireworks. And I remember, well, actually one funny story is my cousin, he, uh, he accidentally put a firework in his pocket and he got on the airplane and flew it out here. And this was before 9-11 and before like all the like TSA was really serious, but you still shouldn't bring fireworks on an airplane. I remember him getting like all the way to grandma's house, you know, from South Carolina to Idaho and the drive up there and pulling a firework out of his pocket and his mom going, Jeremy, how'd you get that firework in your pocket? (laughs) He's like, I brought it from home. (laughs) Anyway, times have changed, but to make fun of little kids, my cousins were <laughs> these low country South Carolina boys, and we were in this high mountain air. And I remember all the time they'd come up and we'd be playing around and they would gas out so quick. And I'd be like, I'd make fun of them like, you guys are just lazy and not athletic. And they were all really athletic kids. And they're like, you don't understand, Cody. It's high altitude. And I was like, that doesn't exist, you know, as <laughs> like a little kid. And I just make fun of them. I know that's not making fun of little kids that much, but it, it is. Anyway, I remember leaving Idaho, Utah after after school, and I ended up living in South Carolina. <laughs> and what like my uh, one of these cousins? This is just funny how things go full, full circle. Had moved back out to Utah, and he was working at a ski resort sort out there, uh, Snowbird. And I, I was like, I really want to go skiing, so I called my cousin up. I was like, Justin. Hey, I know I'm in South Carolina and you're in Utah now, but hey, can you get me, can you hook me up with some some like friends and family passes to Snowbird? And he's like, Yeah, sure, I can do I can do that. When are you coming out? So I told him I'm coming out. He was there, had a pass ready, and uh, we went snowboarding. And I remember he had like he was working that morning, and so I got the got to the mountain really early and headed up. And I was like, This is gonna be so awesome. So I did a couple easy runs. And Snowbird's a pretty intense mountain uh, if you haven't been there, but. Uh, I was like, I'm going to go to the top. So I went to the, the top and it's like 11,000 feet. And I remember getting up there and having this feeling like, man, why am I so tired? It's just like, I'm out of breath. I'm barely, I just get off the lift and I walk to the, the lodge and I'm tired. 
and then it hit me high altitude <laughs> and I did one run down and I thought man this like I it just wore me out one probably because I was out of shape but two I went from sea altitude to 11,000 feet in less than 24 hours and I felt the effects of of high altitude and my cousin obviously made fun of me because of this because yeah rolls were reversed <laughs> and it took it took 20 something years but we, he got he got his revenge and I remember just thinking dang this is tough and I kind of wanted to quit because I, just, I was really worn out but I went to the top of the mountain and I just sat there at the lodge and uh for like an hour two hours and I remember after one or two hours I felt better and I was able to the snowbird the rest of the day snowboard at snowbird the rest of the day and this actually works in life a lot a lot of times when we're learning and growing or we have a new job or a new position or we're trying to accomplish something we've never accomplished before we get tired and worn out mentally and emotionally even physically and we want to think like gal isn't it easier just to quit to go down back to the lower altitudes but you got to remember that you're in high altitude training at the moment <laughs> and it's going to be tough and hard because the air is a lot thinner up there at the top but also the view is a lot greater as well. And there's a lot less people. So I want you to like, the, this is an analogy to your own life, your own career, your own personal development, is that what is high altitude for you? When do you experience high altitude? When are you trying to like push yourself, but you just feel like every step is like molasses. Now, if you haven't experienced high altitude, I highly suggest it because it's gonna teach you how to push forward despite the struggle you're going to have. And the crazy thing is the struggle isn't the struggle because you're not ready. The, str the struggle is not struggle because it's necessarily something hard. It's just you weren't necessarily ready for that type of struggle. Your, your lungs and your blood was, weren't adjusted to the oxygen level. But what happens with high altitude is magically, as you stay in it, your body adjusts. And what used to become very hard becomes very normal. And that's why athletes do high. That's why Colorado Springs is where all the athletes train for the Olympics or most of them is because they can adjust that high altitude. And when you get the lower altitudes, it's so much easier to do that work. So what is high altitude training? Well, it's different for everybody. One, a high altitude for one might not be high altitude for another. So that, that's hard to define, but it's important to understand that anytime you try to grow or get somewhere you haven't been before, that's going to be a high altitude for you and you're going to get worn out really quick. And what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to default to those lower elevations because it was easier. And then you're going to, if you make that choice and you go down and do that, it's going to, you're going to not struggle. You're going to excel, but you're never going to grow. So the question is, is how do you use the high altitudes? Well, one you just got to freaking stick through it. I, I, there, I remember this one high mountain hike I did. And I remember doing really, really well all up to the last like, ugh, it was like half mile to the summit. And literally you feel like you're walking through jello. And it was funny. This is like my wife's first higher altitude climb. It wasn't that high. It was only like 7,000 feet. But when you're coming from sea level, that's pretty high. And I remember her, she's like Miss Athletic. Like she can just run and run and run. And I remember her getting to the higher altitude. She's like, she looks at me, she's like, Cody, I feel like I'm walking through molasses. You know, it's like, I was walking just fine down there. And all of a sudden I can't, like every step is heavy. It's like, yeah, that's high altitude, honey. 
that's what it's going to feel like in business or professional development. It's like, or like if you learn a new language, you know what this feels like. You feel like when you're speaking your native language, your, your process is so quick, but you learn this new language. It's like, why is my brain working so slow? So number one tip, first tip, surviving high altitude is recognizing it slow, but pushing through it anyway. It's going to be hard. <laughs> it's going to suck at sometimes, but you have to push through. Second is be around other people at that altitude because they're used to it. And what you're going to notice is like, man, it's hard for me to breathe, but these other people are doing really good. Like, you know, that's going to give you strength and they're going to give you encouragement. So be around people at those high altitudes, okay? Don't be around people at the low altitudes because what they're going to do is they're going to be like, yeah, dude, I can see you're struggling. It's so much easier down here. The shrimp and grits and the sweet tea, oh, those are good. Just come down and back and come back down and enjoy some of those. <laughs> and those shrimp and grits are going to look really appealing. And some of you are like, I don't like shrimp and grits. It's like, you haven't had Charleston shrimp and grits yet, so you don't know how good they are. But shrimp and grits, if done right, are amazing. So be around, number two is be around other people that are used to those high altitudes, all right? Number three, bring oxygen with you. <laughs> I know it's going to sound like cheating, but guys, sometimes you need some oxygen, okay? And so oxygen is, what I define oxygen at, as in this, like, in this analogy is a set break or a, uh, just a, a, an organized reprieve to help you just get a breather. So don't go down to the lower altitudes, but it's okay to take a break for a second and just enjoy the view. Like I did in the mountain, at the top of the mountain. I just sat down and I was still with high altitude people. I was catching my breath. (laughs) So these things are like seminars or uh, coaching opportunities or high high performance Facebook groups. You know, you got to pay for the lift ticket to get up there. You got to pay for the ticket. But once you're up there, you can take a breather and listen to others and take in their advice and get adjusted. <laughs> and that can help a lot. All right. So my encouragement is find what your high altitude is and start working towards it. One, press forward despite feeling heavy and, and tired. Two, work with other people that are also at the high altitude. They'll give you coaching and encouragement. Three, bring oxygen, right? Or, or bring some, some assistance and that's that or rest, just rest through it, but don't stop. It's okay to rest up there, like at a seminar or in a coaching moment or high performance, like Facebook group, but just don't stop. And that's maybe the fourth. And well, that's the underlying thing through all these is just don't stop. You got this. If you'd like this podcast, please share it. If you feel like you're in high altitude training and you want a group of community of people that, that are, struggling with you, but want to press, press forward, follow me on Facebook, Cody Teal, C-O-D-Y-T-H-I-E-L. I have a, my personal profile page. If you want to friend me or find me on the, on the, on a, my business page, Cody Teal. So appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Look forward to an awesome week this week. You got this and we'll chat with you later.